Good evening, everyone, and welcome. Tonight's class is titled, Why Pray? And prayer was one of the key elements of the conflict in the 1700s when the Baal Shem Tov began the Hasidic movement. One of the key elements of the conflict was prayer. Why? Because prayer is a waste of time in the eyes of many. We don't accomplish anything. If you, when you learn Torah, you accomplish more. And seemingly, even the Torah itself clarifies this point by saying that someone that Torah samum nasam, someone who's focused on Torah studies so much, parts of prayer he himself is exempt from. The Torah itself says that someone who is fully involved in Torah need to pray a little less. So when the Baal Shem Tov came and he started get, getting involved in prayer so much so the Baal Shem Tov shared, he said, every time I pray, it's a miracle I'm still alive. I get so involved in my prayer, this now is my understanding of, of his words, but I'm getting so involved in the prayer, I'm, I'm connecting so much to God that my soul is ready to depart. Every time I pray, it's a miracle, I'm still alive. His chassidim put cushions up in his shul because he would do somersaults. He would fly around the shul in the middle of davening from sheer excitement of this connection to Hashem. And when people saw this, they, they thought this is inappropriate, it's wrong, and we need to stop it immediately. But unfortunately, they weren't familiar with the Gemara, the Gemara in Brachis. The Gemara in Brachis, chapter 5, page 32, Lamed Bey's Lave, Lamed 32, heart is a numerical value. Lamed and Bey's, Lave is heart. Lamed is 30 in, in the Gematria, Bey's is 2. So Lave, the numerical value of heart, is 32. And it's interesting to note that sometimes when you look in a, a, a Sefer, a holy book, the page 32 itself could have special meaning. And you find this in many circumstances. I, and I want to share with you what the heart of Tractate Brachot, Lamed Beis, which page Lamed Beis shares. The Gemara shares like this. Chassidim are you Rabbanim. Our rabbis taught, this is a b'raisa, from the times of the Mishnah, our rabbis taught us. Chassidim harishayinim, the earliest pious people, the earliest chassidim. Hayushoyin sho'achas, they would wait one hour. Umispalalin sho'achas, and then daven for one hour. V'chayzrin v'shoyin sho'achas, and then after prayer, wait one more hour. This was for each prayer. So in total, how many hours did they pray? Three prayers is nine hours. So nine hours of the day they were praying, and how many hours are, could, were they awake? No, Fifteen hours, sixteen hours? So most of the day they were praying. So the Gemara itself asks a question. Have you learned this Gemara? No. The Gemara itself asks the question, If you're spending nine hours of the day in prayer, forget about money. The Gemara says, How did they learn Torah? You're talking, these are Torah scholars? They can't be Torah scholars. They were wasting their time on prayer. How is their prayer 
How is their Torah? How is their Torah study guarded? How did they learn? And continues the Gemara, and additionally, Umalachton, Heachnasis, and when do they have time for work? Ella, rather. In a Gemara, anytime there's Ella, it's an answer. Ella answers to the Gemara, Mitoich Shet Chasidim Haim, since they were pious people. They had a photogenic memory. They would learn something, they remembered it. God gave them this ability. And continues the Gemara, and the little work they did was blessed. I've heard numerous times about this famous falafel guy, I've never met him, but this guy in Eretz Yisrael, he opens up his falafel stand until he makes the amount of money he needs for that day, and he closes. He doesn't have opening and closing. He has an opening time. Every day he opens the same time. But as soon as he made the amount of money he feels he needs for that day, he closes and he goes to learn. So the Hasidim, this is the Gemara sharing, page Lamed Bey Zahar of Masech Debracha, saying that these Hasidim, they spent nine hours a day in prayer. Whatever they learned, Hashem made them remember. And whatever they did, whatever work they did, had blessing in it. We all know, unfortunately, you could work and toil and make nothing. You could work a little bit, make a lot of money. Their, their work had blessing in it. But why do we pray? Like, what's the point of prayer? We are seemingly wasting so much time. Nine hours a day is a lot of time. What's the point of prayer? Why is it so important? Any questions or comments? No. Okay, good. And that is, we're going to learn now, prayer is the only method of truly connecting to God. And being in control. To be a Bainani, to be that average person, to be someone who can control himself, the Torah itself is not going to give you that energy. As we've discussed before, unfortunately, there are people, brilliant Torah scholars, and yet they don't keep a word of what they learn. There are people that know the Torah. There are people that know the Torah better than imaginable, and yet they don't, they, they don't even practice what they're learning. But someone who davens appropriately, someone who gets lost in his davening, it's impossible for you to get lost in your davening and not practice what you're thinking. It, it, you, you can't. If you're really caught up, if your mind is caught up in something, your emotions are caught up in something, then that changes you. So prayer is, a, is the method, specifically for the Bainani, to be able to connect with Hashem and become one with Him. Become in control of who he is. So we started off the class asking why pray, and yeah, we're, we'll see the answer is going to be because that is the only way to become the bainani. That is the only way to get in check with what's going on with yourself and who you are. Yes, David. I would pose it two things to you, Rebbe. First of all, there is also scripture that says studying. Uh, the Talmud uh, is praying and praying is like studying the Talmud, point number one. And point number two, if we follow the technical requirements of studying, we start and stop whatever we are reading with the same blessings that ye, we use for the Torah. Interesting. That's an interesting point. I, I didn't make it up, I read it in here. 
<laughs> you know, David just made me, he, he made me think. I just wanted to point something out. We all know the famous Ashrei. Ashrei, yo, Ashrei, Yoshrei. Where does, where does the Hasidim learn to spend, spend one hour in prayer? Says the Gemara, Minayin, where is it from? Shinemar, Ashrei, Yoshrei, Vesecha. Praise is someone who's, who sits in your house. Ashrei, Asher praise. Yoshev, Yoshev, to sit, Beisecha. So the Hasidim learned you should sit and then you pray. And where do they learn now to spend an hour? <coughs> Another word we all say in davening. Ach tzadikim yodu lishmecha. The righteous. They're going to praise your name. Yeshvu yisharim. They're going, Espanecha. They're going to Yeshev. They're going to sit, Yesharim, the upright, Espanecha, in front of you. In front of you. So the, we have two passages we say every day actually taught us this idea that to spend time before and after prayer. So prayer is this method of connection. And if you remember at the end of chapter 16 we, we finished off and we said, what is an avodatama? What is the ultimate unblemished service to God expected from an average human being, the bainani? That is someone who is able to have self-control is able to keep himself in, che in check. And when I think about this, it brought to mind immediately a famous Hayom Yom, and I'd like to quote it to you in English. It's, it's tremendous. And basically, it's continuing on with this task that Rabbi Shneir Zalm, the Alter Rebbe, set down for us to use our mind. Yitzchak, come join us here. To use our mind, please. It's, it's taking this task, and you could think it's a monumental task, a hard task, and comes, Shneir, comes um, the Rebbe in the Hayom Yom, and he says like this. The Alter Rebbe set forth a program for Hasidim of striving avodah with the mind and seeking truth. What's the task? To critically examine one's every move to be certain it conforms strictly with truth and comes through avodah effort. The Alter Rebbe of Shneir Zalman set forth that we need to go, and go ahead and make sure everything is true. This is amazing. Listen to this. This avodah does not imply, as some think, altogether erroneously. This is false, what people think, that one must pulverize mountains and shatter boulders, turn the world upside down. People think God put us here to turn the world upside down. No. The abs absolute truth is that any avodah, any act, whatever it may be, is perfectly satisfactory when performed here comes the catch. What, is the, what does Hashem want from us? True kavanah intent. There's no need to go and break mountains. There's no need to go and shatter boulders. There's, no. Hashem wants. What that word mean, Rabbi? Yeah? Which, which word? Avodah? Kavanah? Intention. Hashem wants a bracha pronounced with kavanah. That's the ultimate. The ultimate is to take your cup of seltzer I already made a bracha, forgive me, but I, I can't. But for all of us to take whatever we're going to do and make a bracha with intent. A word of davening as it should be. Mean what we're saying. With a prepared heart and an awareness of dali fneatal made before whom you stand. A passage in Chumash. How should we learn Chumash? If you're writing a curriculum, it's all laid out here. How do you learn Chumash? With an awareness, it's the word of God. A verse of Tehillim. And finally, what does Hashem want from us? That we should go and do a, a positive trait of... Use out our positive character trait 
in befriending another with affection and love. So Hashem is not looking for anything monumental. We all know the famous story of a man who tried to change the world, didn't work. He tried to change his country, didn't work. He tried to change his city, didn't work. He tried to change his family, didn't work. He decided, I'll change myself. That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to work on ourselves. Don't worry about everything else. You know, a whole day as, as principal and teacher, a whole day I'm telling all the, all the boys and girls, don't, you know, don't worry about him. Worry about yourself. You know, they all come with that. We each, that's what Hashem wants from us. He wants us to all worry about ourselves. Now, I don't want to finish off telling you this is so simple. Continues the Rebbe, the truth of the matter is that to achieve this, to be able to say a blessing with Kavanah, to be able to pray, to be able to learn Chumash with the understanding that it's God's words, the truth of the matter is that to achieve this calls for great and intense effort. What type of effort? Meaning simply to study a great deal of Torah and to comprehend it, each according to his ability, and then God will help him be what truth demands. So in summary, what we've said is like this. Our task is to be that middle person. How do we be the, the Benini? How do we do that? By praying. But I wanted to, again, put ahead, as, as we're going to learn the words of the Tanya now, we're not looking for anything tremendous. We're not looking for a breakthrough. We're not lo- no one has to write anything crazy. Please, Gershon. Did I hear you right when you were just... I'm sorry, what were you reading from just now? Yom Yom. Okay. Did I hear you right? It said, I thought I, the summary was that we need to study to be able to have Kavana. So, so basically, we, we can't just pray. We do have to also learn Torah in order to have an understanding so that when we do pray. 100%. The Gemara said you need to study. But the Gemara said that, that what happened was that those people that put a lot of energy into davening, the little time of study they had was the equivalent, equivalent of hours of others. Nice. So completely we need to study. We're not putting that away. We're just saying that Hashem blesses you. So putting it in perspective, those people, the Hasidim HaRishonim, if we would just make an estimation, a nine hours, that certainly is more than half of their, their day. And that time was spent in prayer. Brother, Please. A little bit longer question. So we learned previously um, there, there are certain times, uh, certain actions you do where you, you, the klipa is completely gone from your left heart, specifically prayer. Yeah. Um, these people, they're spending nine hours of their day, or nine hours plus of their, their day. Yeah. They have no no klipa at all during that time. We also learned that there are two types of bainani. There's the ones that the ones that serve and the ones that uh, they don't have any intention and any yeah. bad intention. So these people these these particular these Tommy Day you're talking yeah. about yeah, yeah. nine nine hours plus of the day, they don't have any intention. But we talked about the extra effort you do. So they're almost removing themselves of having you know, the majority of their day, that they're removing themselves. They don't have, you know, they don't have any any inclination to do wrong. So how are they serving Hashem if the majority of their time they're in prayer and completely take themselves out of, essentially out of service? That's a great question. So seemingly, if I understand the question Jonathan is asking, how do they have time for doing mitzvot? How do they have time to be out in the world and connect with Hashem? Is that your question? Right, that and uh, and 
it seems like they, they place themselves for the majority of the day at that other class of vanity where they don't have the, they, because, because they don't have right. the information. Right. right. I think what the Gemara is sharing with us is that the, little, the Gemara is sharing, what's the Gemara basically saying? The Gemara is saying they spent most of their day in prayer and they had the ability in the little time remaining to accomplish everything else. So obviously that little time that remained was enough for them to accomplish everything, including the ability to um, show their control and self-control over, over the klipa. Okay. Great question. Okay, let's go look inside of the Tanya. We're in chapter 16, page 68. Left-hand column. Left-hand column. Beginning of chapter 16. This chapter is coming right in continuation to chapter 15 where we said that the Avoda Tama, the ultimate task of the Benini, is to have control over his nature. Have control over all of his thought, speech, and action. Let's, so now the Tanya continues and tells us this then, this idea to have self-control over thought, speech, and action is the important principle regarding the divine service for the Bainani. What's the, what's the most, what's the, we're going to learn momentarily, what's, that this is the second most important. We're going to learn one more important principle. But what is the second most important principle that a Bainani needs to know? The essential thing is to govern and rule the nature that is in the left ventricle of the heart. Don't get lost, like we learned in the Ayom Yom. Don't get lost thinking, I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to be this holy person. Don't get lost. Remain focused. Your task is not to be a tzaddik. Your task is to be a bainani. What does Hashem want from you? He wants you to have control over your nature. How should you do that? Like we've learned previously, by means of the divine light that shines in the divine soul within the mind. Remember, the godly soul is in the mind. The animalistic soul is in the left ventricle of the heart. So the, there's a, a ray of godliness within your mind that is illuminating, it's shining. Use out what Hashem has given you. Use out that energy to control your nature. That is to say, how should you do this? How do you go ahead and control the nature to rule the heart by means of meditation in the mind on the greatness of the ain't self, blessed is he. And here comes prayer. We're going to learn we can't accomplish anything without meditation. We're not going to be able to connect with Hashem. We're not going to be able to have self-control without spending time Meditating. Today we see that, unfortunately, many people struggle. And the struggle is that they don't meditate. They don't take time to be able to control their mind. The Torah itself, forget about for our sanity. That, that is very important, very crucial. But just as a Jew, the Torah demands of us to set time to meditate. It's another mission in... in the Brachot, the Mishnah says, You're not allowed to go ahead and pray. It's sharp words. 
Do not stand up to pray. Ella, rather, unless your head is heavy. Head is heavy means it's, it's not that your head should be hurting you, rather that you've become serious. We want you to focus. We need to be able to take that time during prayer and focus on God. Focus. But within focusing on Hashem, there's many methods we could focus on. Many parts. Many different thoughts we could have. What specific meditations do we need to have? We need to meditate on the greatness of the ancient souls. Blessed is He. And we've spoken about this before. And we'll, we're going to speak about it forever. Because this is our reality. Our reality is that Hashem is infinite. Hashem is Ein Sof. Not only is Hashem Ein Sof, listen to this Yitzchak, Kabbalah tells us, you are limiting Hashem if you call Him Ein Sof. How? Because Hashem is also Sof. Hashem is also finite. Hashem is so great. He is not infinite. He's not finite. He, he's higher than that. Does that make sense? Yeah. How high is Hashem is nothing and everything. The second you limit Hashem, then He's not Hashem anymore. Mm-hmm. Hashem is higher than any limitation. Yeah, he's still higher than so Hashem is higher than everything. And to create the physical, we say, to create human beings, took many, many contractions. It, it, it was work, so to say, for Hashem, to create human beings. To create from something, from nothing, to create a real something. And, and as we've given the example, when you pass by a mound of ants, there could be millions of ants, do you really care about every single ant there? We're a lot more connected to those millions of ants in that ant pile than Hashem is connected to us. And yet Hashem tells us, not only do I love you like you love your ants, I love you much more. Not only do I love you much more like a parent, I love you like a parent and only child. Each and every one of us, Hashem says, we are His only child. We're the only person that exists. Again, it's another Mishnah in Sanhedrin. The Mishnah says that a person must always say, Bishvili nivra ha'olam. The world, the world was created for me. Now I say that, but you also need to say it. Each one of us has to say, Hashem created the world solely for me. And that is where the whole idea of Hashkacha Pratit, of Divine Providence, comes in. This is a reality. Hashem is looking at Baruch, at Yitzchak, at Moshe, at Moshe Mandel, at David, each one of us. He's, he's having full divine providence. Each one of us has a separate plan. That plan is, of course, a master plan to, altogether. So when we go ahead and we think about this, how Hashem is ain't so. Hashem is limitless. And He created me, a finite being, not only a finite being, a low finite being, and at the same time, Hashem says that I love you. You know, I have to stop. I have to digress for a minute. It's incredible. We say Shema every day. How many times do we say Shema? Three times. Three times a day. We even say it four times a day in Karbanot. We say it a fourth time. But, but correct, we say it once in Shacharit, once in Arvit. And the third time we say it, right before we go to, sh- we go to bed. <coughs> In Shema, we tell Hashem, and we've discussed this together previously, we tell Hashem that, I love you, 
I love you with all my heart. I love you with all my soul. I love you with all my soul. I'm willing to give up my soul for you, God. I'm willing to die for your name. And lastly, I'm willing to give up all my money. That's last of it. Glad I got that one right. <laughs> and so comes the question, how do we say Shema every day? What, we're just gonna, are we blabbering words or do we mean it? What's our preparation every morning to come and say, I truly love you, Hashem. I'm willing to give up my soul. I'm willing to give you everything I have. I'm willing to give up all my money. What preparation do we have for this? Now listen to the preparation. And that really is what we're saying here. It's a beautiful preparation. What's the first blessing? There's two blessings we say prior to Shema. The first blessing we say is, God, blessed are you who created the light, you created darkness. And we continue and we say Kadosh, we say the angels every day, they say Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. And the Ofanim and the Seraphim, they say Baruch Kevod Hashem Imkomo. It's majestical. It's amazing. We talk about this wondrous symphony. I've, I've heard it, it's beautiful. It's referred to as a symphony. We talk about all the angels, it's, it's the most amazing thing. That's the first blessing. Comes the second blessing. What's the first words? Avas Hashem says, I love you. Yes, the angels are majestic. Yes, there's a sim- yes, it's beautiful. But I love you. Or other versions have Ava Rabba, whatever it is. But the second blessing is saying, forget about all the angels, forget about everything happening in heaven. You are my focus. You are my true love. So think about this. Doesn't that bring about within you a true love for God? Doesn't that arouse you to want to connect to Hashem? And how do we connect to Hashem? What's the only way a Jew could connect to Hashem? There's only one way. Because Hashem is greater. He's not physical. We can't touch Him. We can't feel Him. We can't... There's only one way. The only way is how He prescribes. What's His prescription? The Torah and Mitzvot. So if we want to go ahead and be the Benini, we want to be in check, be able to do what God said, if we'll only think... How lucky we are. That automatically will bring a, a, a love of God to do the positive mitzvot and a fear of God to not do the negative. Are there any questions before we see it inside? Somebody had a question? No, I commented earlier. Thank you, Rabbi. Okay, let's see, let's see it inside. That is to say, to rule the heart. How do you rule the heart? By means of meditation in the mind, on the greatness of the Ain Sof, on the greatness of the limitless. Ain Sof. Ain Sof is limitless. Blessed is He. Whereby His understanding will create, a, when we go ahead and we think about the greatness of Hashem, so your understanding will create a Ruach Das, a spirit of knowledge. And fear of the Lord in his mind. You're going to become so connected to Hashem, you're going to become, there's going to be a fear to make him turn away from the evil condemned by the Torah. You won't do something the Torah says not to do. And not only that, you won't do something or by the rabbis, even from a minor rabbinic prohibition, heaven forbid. You're going to become so connected to Hashem, you're not even going to do... Anytime we do a sin, God forbid, it separates us from Hashem. How could you do it? If you love Hashem, if, if you're fearing Hashem, you don't want to separate from Him. 
and at the same time arousing the love of God in his heart, in the right part, remember in the left ventricle is the animalistic soul, so in the right part is, the, is part of the godly soul, with the fervor and desire to cleave to him, and how do you cleave to him? Through the fulfillment of the precepts of the Torah and of the rabbis. And through the study of the Torah, which is equivalent to them all, the Talmud Torah and Aget Kulam. So when we go ahead and we think before davening, think before who you, who you are standing, when we have this comprehension, that's going to create this fear of God not to sin, and this love of God to do the positive commandments. Furthermore, that's principle number one. So principle number one, that, or the second to most important principle of the Bainani, is prayer. Prayer, prayer is our biggest tool. When someone wakes up in the morning and they say, why do I need to pray now? They're lacking understanding of what prayer is. How lucky we are to pray. How lucky we are that God wants us to pray to Him three times a day. How many of you, your parents, want to talk to you three times a day? <laughs> you know. Hashem tells us, talk to me at least three times a day. Really, I want to hear you more. I want to hear you this Shema the afternoon. He wants to hear us the whole day. We're so lucky. That's the second principle. The second to most important. What's the most important principle? That is, that don't worry. The Baini, don't get stuck in your mind. Don't get lost in your mind. Don't worry. All Hashem wants is He wants the... He wants what's possible. You know, we've been discussing until now many types of love. There's a love like fire. There's love like water we've discussed. There's Ahavabata Anugim, a love of delights. We've discussed many types of love of Hashem, many types of fear. And we're going to tell the Baini now, we're going to tell each and every one of us, I only want, Hashem says, I want the lowest level, at least. If you can't do more than that, that's fine. Some people aren't granted with the ability to sit and focus. Right? There's an ADHD on the rise today. What's the statistics? It's more today than in the past? It's increasing. It's increasing. It's some people that read the left, some people even get uh, become president. So, it's hard for some people to focus. And if you can't focus, then seemingly our whole build-up is, is, is gone. If you can't focus and you can't pray properly, so then you're not going to love God, you're not going to fear God? No. That's the most important principle. The most important principle is, do the best you can. What's the best you can? Think. Think about Hashem. Think about God. And if you can't arouse any feelings within you, that's fine. If you're not going to be able to create that fear within, you, within your heart, you can't cre create that love within your heart, don't worry. Do what you can. And you're going to succeed. With, with all respect, Rabbi, we need to differentiate with um, uh, uh, deficits due to ability to concentrate in autism. Um, even the autistic uh, can touch the divine, but it's the amount of time that anybody can spend on one topic or concentrate in, in depth. But it's been shown that uh, uh, both uh, attention deficit in autistic people 
they pick up a lot just from the background and but they, they cannot put it to use they cannot bring it to the fore but they do pick up they do retain in a different way so that reinforces the whole idea of the Benoni. The Alter Rebbe couldn't ex be expected to understand that since the science wasn't there. But I think it reinforces the principle of the Benoni. Each person can reach to his capacity. Yes, yes. And I'll just add that we learned that uh, someone with special needs actually, in many, many ways, has a greater connection yeah. to Hashem than. We just have to get else. the right key to open the door. Yeah. Furthermore, let's learn the most important principle. Furthermore, one must know, a Baini must know, an additional important principle in the service of the Bainanim intermediate. What's the most important thing for the Bainanim to know? This is that even if the capacity of one's intellect and the spirit of one's understanding Chachman Bina, do not attain to the level of producing a revealed love of God in one's heart. That means your wisdom, your understanding is not strong enough to create the emotions within your heart, to make it glow like burning coals with a great desire and yearning and heartfelt passion to cleave to Him. Your mind is not able to create these tremendous feelings. So all your mind could do, but the love is hidden in one's brain and in the recesses of one's heart. You're able to create in, in, in hidden within your brain. And hidden within your heart, you're able to create a, a hidden love. That's a very limited love. But you wouldn't die. You wouldn't die even if you're not Awakening that feeling, you wouldn't daven every day if you didn't have that. You're davening with that hidden love, right. right? And that itself is enough. That is to say, the heart comprehends with the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the brain the greatness of the ain't so blessed is he, in relation to whom all else has absolutely no reality. The heart understands, and this is what we've discussed earlier, the heart comprehends with the spirit of wisdom and understanding of the brain, the greatness of the aid and self, in relation to whom all else has absolutely no reality. Everyone could understand this point, that we, relative to Hashem, are nothing. We, relative to Hashem, are nothing. That's something that everyone can grasp. And once you grasp that point, so automatically you'll want to connect to Hashem. Imagine, some, imagine a very prestigious and respectful person comes to you and asks you to do something for them, whatever it may be. Take a figure in your mind that you truly respect and he came and asked you to make him a coffee. You'd make him the coffee. Not only you'd make him the coffee, you'd feel good because all of a sudden there's an interaction between the two of you. That prestigious person, he recognizes you. He, he, he knows who you are. He wants you to do him something. There's that connection to him. 
Well, let's imagine Hashem is telling us, not imagine, let's know. Hashem is telling us the greatest possible anything in the world. Hashem is turning to each and every one of us and saying, I want, to connect, I want you to connect with me. I want to connect with you. So it should create within us an energy to connect. And that's all the Bainani needs. That's all the Bainani needs to be successful. Again, all the Bainani needs, all each and every one of us need, to be able to succeed is this recognition that Hashem is the greatest, period. No, no term in the world. And our biggest and greatest accomplishment in life would be to connect with Hashem. As long as we can understand this point, then we'll be able to succeed. I'll repeat it one more time. I'm sure you got it. I'll say it one more time anyways. All we need is the recognition that the greatest thing in our life would be to connect with Hashem. There is nothing bigger. And if we're able to recognize and understand that point, then we won't do anything against Hashem. And we'll do whatever we can to connect with Hashem. We won't do the negative command. We'll, we'll guard the negative commandments because we don't want to separate from Hashem. And we'll do the positive commandments because we want to connect with Hashem. Mm. I want to share one last point. We'll summarize and then we'll take questions. Why do some people have the ability to take their mind and transform it into an emotion? Some of us there's some intellectual people, there are some people that are more, are, are, uh, how do you call it, people that are very feeling? Um, emotional. emotional. So you have intellectual people, you have emotional people. But then you have people that they're able to properly process a thought and create an emotion. You have other people that aren't properly able to process a thought and create an emotion from it. Why is that? And that goes back to chapter 2. In chapter 2 we discuss that every soul comes from the essence of Hashem. But, we all came through a process. We all came through a process. And each one of our souls comes from a different place. Someone whose soul comes from the wisdom of God, or someone whose soul comes from the emotions of God within the wisdom of God, their ability to create emotions is going to be very limited. Someone whose soul comes from the revealed emotions of God, they will have the ability to create through their mind emotions. Let's see this. We'll read the note quickly. This is the point the note says. If there's any questions, we'll, we'll take it after. The no, here's the note. The reason, page 68, right column, mid of, middle, note. The reason... The reason that some people cannot create proper feelings for this is that the vitality of this person's intellect and nefesh, ruach, and neshama that means the three lower parts of his soul are derived from the so-called ibur and concealment. Where does this person derive from? Within the supernal understanding and not from the quality of birth and revelation, as it is known to the students of Kabbalah.
some souls come from the emotions, the way they're still being born within wisdom, and some souls come from the emotions, the way they've already been revealed. This is a deeper concept, and I, I just wanted to share it. If you didn't get it, you're great. So let's summarize what we've learned today. We'll put it all together and we'll take questions. So we've learned two very important principles for the Bainini. We will go, we'll go bottom up. The second most important is we must concentrate, we must meditate on the greatness of God and our, our, our wanting to connect with Him. The most important principle of the Bainini though is that once you meditate, don't worry what happens with that meditation. Don't worry! If you're able to create active emotions, if you can't, it's all good. As long as you did step number two, you, you focus during prayer, whatever's going to happen then, if it was a proper focus, whatever will happen, that's good. Do your best, and you'll create, to the very least, a hidden emotion within your mind. And that will be enough to control your thought, speech, and action. So if we could summarize it in one line, it would be the introduction. Hashem says, It's close to you. The Torah is close to you. It's within your grasp. And that's exactly what, we, what we've learned tonight. It is within the grasp of each and every one of us to focus by prayer and give us the tools to serve God appropriately in thought, speech, and action. Are there any questions? Yes, Basha. Um, is is Doris, um a gift from Hashem. I mean, is, I mean, we can't, in order for us to understand something, isn't that we can just machinate that and make it happen? Das, so, Hashem, Hashem gave us all the ability of Das. Yeah. So yeah. when we have a record, when we have a moment of Das, like we finally understand something that we've been trying to understand, yeah. that's, that's coming, coming from Hashem. I understand your question. Basha is asking, were we all created with the ability to create emotions, or were we not? Were we all created with the ability to use our thought process and create emotions, or not? Is that, is that the question? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> I'm sorry, tell me the question. No, no, I'd, I'd like to hear your answer. <laughs> The answer is, we all were created with a full, a full setup of the ten energies, of the ten sefirot. The question is how strong they all are within us. That's what we actually, like similar to what we learned in the note here, that we all, we're, we're all created with a full, a, a full body, a full soul. The question is which ones are stronger, which parts of our soul are stronger, which parts of our soul are weaker. And I want to share and that once we finish chapter 18, we're going to spend two, three weeks summarizing everything we've learned from the beginning uh, with charts. I'm, I'm currently, I hope I'll be able to have clarity myself, but I, God willing, we'll get there. We're going to start from, from the beginning till chapter 18, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to put it all together, give full clarity in it. Mm. So let's get back. Chapter and yet, 18, oh, I'm go, Chapter 18 oh, is a new... Oh. Chapter 18 is a new subject. So it's a different That's color right, that's right. And we're going to discuss those charts. Yes, yes. Any other questions? I have a, oh. If I may make an observation, if 
the Einsof is infinite to the degree that we really shouldn't even use the term because of the inability to express it in human terms. Uh, the, the very essence of uh, Hashem and we all have a godly soul well then we all have the infinite contained in us to accomplish the infinite so two points firstly David is right we all have the infinite within us no question we all have the infinite within us point number two is and this is what I w was trying to mention earlier when we call Hashem limitless we all need to know it's, this is a key point we are not talking about the essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem is not limitless. The essence of Hashem is, is nothing. There's no, there's, there's no word to describe it. When we use the term that Hashem is ain't sof, we are talking about a level under the essence of Hashem. To, to get back to that point. Uh, that's an interesting point that we can't solve in the next several minutes. However, <laughs> if we move to that point, and perhaps we can discuss it later, and we really don't have all ten of the Sephirotiness. We cannot get to the very top. We can strive, but we can't arrive. We'll talk about it by the summary. I think we have, I think we have all of them, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> but no, the summary. Well, we're going to get to it in a few weeks. No, no, no. The summary. Of, no, 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 no. In a, hopefully within a few weeks we'll get to it. Yitzchak, um, please. You had a question? No, okay. Thank you very much, everyone. I appreciate you coming. Thank you. Oh, what's historical?